0: welcome to the shiny brightly show i'm howard brown author speaker silicon valley entrepreneur international peacemaker and yes a two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shining Brightly. It's Howard Brown here again. So excited. This is amazing. We've got great guests, and we've got another one here for you today. So we're going to put the Shining Brightly spotlight on Dr. Mort Orman. Welcome, Dr. Mort. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks for having me
1: here, Howard.
0: Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I understand that you're vacationing a little bit away from Florida. Where are you? Yeah, we're up in,
1: uh, up in the northwest corner of the United States, uh, almost next to Canada. We're up in uh,
0: Anacortes, Washington. Wow, that's pretty country up there. Uh, yeah. My daughter's in Missoula, Montana right now, so uh, I, I just drove her out there in May. Boy, that's pretty country. So yep. hopefully, uh, hopefully everything's well and safe out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying that uh, little bit of travel. After uh, after all, all the countries going through and things like that. Well, let me let me give you a quick intro, and then you can add uh, anything else that uh, we want to know, uh, or maybe something uh, something we don't know about you. But uh, Dr. Mort Orman is a uh, internal medicine physician who specializes in helping professionals, business owners, high performers eliminate stress from their lives without having to manage it. Oh man, there's a lot of stress going on, Dr. Mort. I think your your services are in well in need. We're gonna. Uh, title here called how to become a low stress, uh, basically in a high stress world. So uh, Dr. Moore, welcome to the show. And uh, you want to share a little bit more something unusual about yourself or your passion? Let me know.
1: Uh, I like to play golf. (laughs) That's a passion can be can be stressful at times, but there are ways to avoid that and eliminate the stress. You can actually practice a lot of stress mastery techniques on the golf course. You get a lot of emotions come up all the time. You know, you're making bad shots here and there and you could easily get frustrated and you're interacting with other people. And a lot of things that happens on a golf course that are potentially stressful. And uh, it's good. I always find it good to be out in nature, number one, and it's good practice. I keep working on the skills that I developed over the years, you know, you get to use them everywhere and uh, golf course is no different than any other place in life. You get to use them there too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And hitting that little white ball sometimes isn't easy, right? So uh, you got to keep it, practicing. It should that. be,
1: it should be, but it's not. <laughs> I That's remember, similar. you know, I, I, I originally grew up in Baltimore and Cal Ripken was, uh, you know, actually lived not far from me. And so he's a fantastic hall of fame baseball player. He took up golf after he retired. Um, from baseball and he struggled a lot <laughs> and the ball's just sitting there on the tee. It's not like it's, you know, a 90 mile an hour, you know, darting, you know, slider that's coming at him that he's got to hit. He's just, they're just sitting there and he, and he still had trouble with it. So it was frustrating for him because of, uh, you know, his previous experience.
0: That's amazing. You can hit 100-mile-an-hour fastball and play more games than else.
1: And, uh, a little thing, else. A little thing just sitting there on the ground looking at you, just daring you to hit it straight.
0: <laughs> well, the reason uh, – I'm so glad you're here today. The reason is, is that there are so many causes of stress today. Um, I mean, social media can be stressful, but family can be stressful. Health, uh, business can be stressful. There's just uh, – I, I, you probably know the list, right? There's probably yep. hundreds of stressors, maybe thousands of stressors out there, yep. right? Yep. So what we're here to talk about is that, uh, you know, why, why is there so much stress in the world? Is that, Are we handling it wrong or are we just is it our upbringing? Is it nature, nurture? Enlighten us, Doc. Well, I
1: think you're right. I mean, obviously, things are a little more hectic, a little more fast paced. we got technology. we got stuff that, you know, wasn't around, you know, 50, 100 years ago. Of course, there was stress back then. You know, in those ages too. So um, it's probably a little more stressful things around in our environment that we have to cope with these days. But the really the big reason I think why we there's so much stress today is because we've really been let down by the stress management industry. I mean, for decades now, they've been filling our heads with a lot of false ideas about stress and making us believe things that aren't true about stress, and that's keeping us stuck in in being stressed when we don't have to be. I mean, I. I I truly believe that almost any intelligent person can learn how to live and love and work stress free if they just have the right insights and understandings about stress. And if they can get past all these myths and misconceptions that have been drilled into our heads.
0: Well, that, that's that's why you're here. I, I can't say, though, that, um, you know, I, growing up uh, in the 70s, we didn't have cell phones. You know, we we played, we rode our bicycles we yep, rode yep. of the neighborhood my mom would scream down, Howard, it's time for dinner. The next mom would we came home for dinner, right? Yep. So we didn't have these devices. So listen, times change. We have to be adaptable, and uh, we're, we're we're learning on that. So yeah, I think uh, uh,
1: kids kids are more stressed today than the, you know they were in our in our childhood and the childhoods before us because I know my childhood was very, pretty much stress free. It, it wasn't until I got to high school and college and then medical school that the stress started, you know, coming into play really big time. But, you know, uh, the kids today, they have a lot, you know, with social media, with all the technology and demands and things like that, they have a lot of things to cope with that we didn't have to. Do
0: you think that just life got more noisy? Did it get busy? Did, you know, is it just a blink of an eyelash? There, Things were simpler? What's your thought on that? On no, I mean, the social,
1: social media changes that dynamic a lot. I mean, there's a lot more opportunities to have your feelings hurt. Uh, to have people say nasty things about you that you have to deal with. You know, there's people commit suicide uh, because they, you know, in response to what happens on social media and it's hard and it's a big distraction. So it's hard. You get addicted to it. Literally. I mean, they're designed, the platforms are designed to make you addicted. So you spend as much time as possible on them. And to a certain degree, the, the people who created them have been successful at doing that. And it, then, then it leaves us with the problem of how do we ma- how do we deal with that, you know? How do we live our lives without being totally dependent on social media or totally wrapped up in social media, where we stop interacting with people in real life, you know? We stop going out and doing things, we stop going out and playing, you know, when we when we could be, you know. So that that puts a responsibility on us to overcome the negative aspects of social media because there's obviously positive aspects to it. We wouldn't have caught on,
0: but you know. Oh I mean listen we're 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 connecting here today over George Jetson, right? I mean we're absolutely in, yeah. In, you're in you're in Washington State.
1: So you're you're breaking up a little bit for me right no, here. I'm here
0: in Michigan. It's it's yeah I saw that. It's uh yeah I got you I got I, you now I got you back now. Yeah, it just it just popped out for a second. So yeah, you know, we're not perfect, and the, <laughs> the internet is not as well. But I, I know I made the decision. You know to, you know everyone else was getting their their child a cell phone, and this is now now eight or nine years old. Now I heard it's even earlier. You know one for safety reasons. Yes, it's nice. To know where your child is, but to uh, so you're supposed to, you know, work and now gaming and uh, life is going to be, you know, taking you into this VR world. So I have my concerns and my own opinions, but you're, you're the expert. That, but I, I mean, we've had stress, right? I mean, you said stress as you grew up as a high schooler. There's there's bullying. There's not fitting in. There's doing poor grade wise athletically. There's all sorts of stressors. there. Sure. So who's who's supposed to teach these stressors uh, you know, how to deal with that? Is it your parents? Is it yourself? Uh, wh- where's where's that come from? You know, in, in growing up?
1: Well, it's it's not being the the important stuff is not being taught. There may be there may be some movements now to bring stress management education into the school systems or into younger age groups. But that's part of the problem. We're just teaching more stuff to people that isn't true. There are very few people out there like myself who are trying to spread the truth about stress and have people understand what stress really is, where it really comes from, and what the best strategies are for dealing with it. Because stress management is not the best strategy, but that's what we're being uh, conditioned to believe, that the best way to deal with stress is to get really, really good at managing it. And I say you cannot win against stress if that's all you do is just manage it. Because stress management mo- mostly deals with symptoms. And if all you do is deal with symptoms and you never get at the causes, then you're not going to win the game. You know, you're not going to be able to get stress free like people are capable of doing. They've just been given the wrong instruction manual you know, for how to deal with stress.
0: So we're going to talk about that right instruction manual in a second. I-, I just wanted to add that one of the things that, uh, you know, me coming out of a uh, of a very devastating stage four diagnosis uh, in these last five years, um, I, I noticed with cancer patients that it can become isolating, it's complex, uh, you're, you're, you're given, um, you know any cancer diagnosis is horrible, uh, but uh, it really does change you and affects you emotionally, physically, yeah. financially, with relationships, and the list can go on and on. And what I'm noticing though, is that the same thing with COVID, the same thing. Are the rules of the game all changed on us very recently? We're coming out of it, even though COVID's not going away. There's strains and things like that. But more and more people believe COVID's over every day. But it's uh, what do you what do you attribute that to? Uh, is that when you're when you're kind of you know, slammed out of your uh, ordinary, like COVID did to most most many many people?
1: Yeah. To me, I mean, watching going through that and watching people's reactions, uh, both the experts and the general public. It really pointed out to me how ill-prepared we were to deal with a a catastrophe like that that comes out of the blue that nobody was expecting and nobody had pre-planned for. And then it hits you and it turns your whole world topsy-turvy. We were very poorly prepared mentally, psychologically, uh, and with coping skills to deal with that. There was a heck of a lot of uncertainty with COVID. There's uncertainty with any time you're sick. In, I mean, as a physician, um, we're well. Physicians are well aware of the fact there's a lot of uncertainty in medicine. Now, people think that doctors have certain knowledge about health and illness. We don't. We have some knowledge, but a lot. We know that a lot of it's uncertain, and we don't. That's not how we project ourselves to our patients because our patients want certainty. They go to a doctor. They want to know for sure what's my diagnosis, what's the treatment I should do. What we, they want certainty. And they're, and they're scared because they're sick and they're scared because there's so much uncertainty around the illness. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? Am I going to be disabled? Am I going to die? You know, they got all these questions and it's hard to get definitive answers. You kind of have to do whatever you do and see how it goes and adjust and stuff like that. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So the, the uncertainty is something we're not prepared for. And I knew that right away when, when COVID hit, I know exactly that was going to be a huge issue and that people weren't going to deal with it well because nobody's teaching us how to deal with it well. Nobody's preparing us um, to do that. I mean, I I happen to have at the time I had a very good system that I developed 40 years ago for coping with any kind of stress that might ever come out of the blue or mundane everyday stuff um, to be able to deal with that. So when COVID hit, I was prepared. You know, I had a system that was really good. And I had very little stress during those two years of COVID, even though I was a high risk person at my age, even though you know, I had just as much uncertainty as everybody else. I was prepared for it psychologically. I had a system for relieving the stress and I didn't get caught up in it. But I could see so many people were devastated um, by the uncertainty, by the conflicting advice they were getting and conflicting scientific beliefs, which is the way science is all the time. You know, but most people didn't see it until it started getting publicized and, and uh, they had to make decisions based on very uncertain knowledge.
0: Right, right. So, so let, let's talk about different types of stress and, you know, mm-hmm. what, 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 what do people believe, you know, is, is stress and what's not stress? Well, here's
1: the thing. Most people don't understand that human beings never suffer from stress. You and I, we never have stress because stress is just a word. It's just a, a buzzword. It's a concept. Okay. It, it really is a word that we use to stand for problems in life. So whenever you say you're stressed or I say I'm stressed, what's happening in re- for real is we're having problems in our life that are bothering us. And those problems can stir up our physiology. You know, the stress re- so-called stress response, it's well-documented. Um, but where does that stress response come from? comes from different problems maybe we're getting angry all the time maybe we have anxiety maybe our kids are misbehaving we're having marital difficulties financial difficulties we're having a health crisis we're worried about having a health crisis a family member has a health crisis you know we're not sick but they are and that's and all these things are problems that can impact us in life, can affect our health, can affect our physiology and our emotions and everything. And that's really what stress is. Stress is a buzzword. People would be much better off if we just cut the word stress out of a vocabulary so, so you couldn't use it. You know, but obviously that's not going to happen. But if you just make that little mental switch, if every time you hear the word stress or you think stress yourself, or you hear yourself saying the word stress, just change it to problems. And you'll be on a more accurate path to say, okay, now, all right, so I'm having problems. Now, what are the exact problems I'm having? Because until you can do that, you can't get at the causes. If you take all your problems, which is what we're being told to do by the way, by the the experts, if you take all your problems and you lump them together in, in a basket and you label that basket stress, and then you ask yourself, okay, how can I deal with my stress? The only thing you can do is deal with symptoms, Because you're not addressing the actual problems. You're just cramming them all together and you're not focused on the individual problems that are in that basket. In order to really get to the causes, you have to take each problem out one by one and say, "Okay, I'm getting angry. What's causing me to get angry? I'm feeling anxious. What's causing me to feel anxious? Uh, I've got a health problem. What caused that health problem? You know, did stress play a role in the health problem? Maybe, maybe not. You have to sort all that stuff out. Did something else play a role in that health problem? Uh, How am I, the the reaction to having the health problem, what's causing the way I'm reacting to it? Am I reacting in the best way I could? Or is my my reaction actually making things worse? You know, it may be causing me more stress that now going to feed back and could possibly make my physical problem worse if I don't handle it well. So, I mean, there's all these complicated issues and uncertainties um, that we get, affected by, and that's that's what we mean when we say we're having stress. So we never suffer from stress. And for you to think that you can deal with stress is like the craziest thing in the world when you stop and think about it. It's nonsense, really. Uh, it's like chasing a unicorn. You know, you'll never you'll never catch it because it didn't exist in the first place. What you wanna do is focus on the problems. Forget the word stress. Focus on the problems and then learn how to identify the causes. And that's what I recommend. That's my preferred strategy is instead of stress management, which is mainly symptoms. Get at the causes. Understand the causes better than most people normally do. And then you can just, you'll be surprised at how much influence and power you have over those problems when you get all the causes out on the table. Not just the external ones, which are easy to see, you got to look at the internal causes as well. There's always those going on, and we don't see those very easily. Nobody's training us how to identify those causes. And that's what I do in my work with people. I help them not just identify the external causes of their stress, which they're pretty well aware of, but what's, co- what's going on within you internally that's driving your anger, that's driving your anxiety, that's driving your marital difficulty, that's driving your conflict with your kids, you know, or the fact your kids don't want to be around you anymore. They don't enjoy being around you. What's, what's, what are you doing that's driving that? And can you see it? And then once you see it, can you do something about it? Most of the time, in my experience, the most difficult part is people to see what they're not, what's already there, but they're not seeing it accurately. Once they see it, they go, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Oh, oh now that I see that, I can do something about it, you know, but before I saw it, before they could see it, they weren't able to do anything
0: about it. You know what I mean? Well, those are those are blind spots. I, I, yeah. I think that's quite elegant, Doctor Mort, because you, you take this big sack of of problems together, and it seems you know really unaddressable. But if you do take them out and you unpack them into smaller bites, maybe not so small, but into individual bites, um, they 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 can be addressed. And so I think that's a great takeaway. Uh, I, I I didn't see that, but I mean, you're the expert here. So I, I, I appreciate it. It's not that they're unaddressable
1: when you lump them together. It's not they're unaddressable, but you can only you can only address them with things like alcohol or drugs or relaxation exercises or taking deep breaths. Things that don't get any, at any specific problem. They're just generally trying to tone down your physiology. But what's driving the physiology is going to keep happening, you know, until you till you
0: fix that, you know. So, so, so people ask me, uh, Dr. Moore, you know, I, I always say, listen, I, I've survived two stage four cancer diagnosis with a ton of treatment. Uh, cancer one was a bone marrow transfer for my twin sister. Uh, and then uh, cancer number two, lots of chemo, lots of surgeries. And they're like, you know, you're an inspiration. How did you do this? And I kind of made up my own rules, uh, not knowing you now, and, you know, and applying your methods, uh, Dr. Moore. But um, I, I did try to weed out negativity. That helped quite a bit. Um, Exercise helped me. And I what I call find my happy place. And um, my happy place happens to be on the basketball court. That is kind of my trouble free zone. I get there out on the basketball court and and during treatment and after surgeries when it was safe to do so. I wasn't very good, but I've now worked very hard. Uh, now I'm not the you know, youngest guy in the court, but I'm, I'm now mm-hmm. playing you know, two, three times a week and I'm back contributing and feeling great. But for some reason, when I get on the basketball court, life goes into a different place. I'm not worried. I don't have a worry. We just trash talking. I'm there with my buddies I've played with for a long time. And so, uh, you know, I've kind of found that spot for me where, you know, I don't have a care in the world. And I, I found that to be quite helpful. Yes. Uh,
1: so yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I applaud you for doing that. And you're, demonstrate, you're demonstrating what I preach, which is we've got, we've got so much potential within us to deal with difficult problems that we don't give ourselves credit for, that we can be very creative, very inventive. We can do things like you said so you to identify, well, negativity could be making this worse. I think I want to have less of that. And I'm going to come up with a strategy. To figure out how to do that. And then you can get creative about that strategy. We've got this enormous reservoir of creative potential and other potential, you know, to um, to surmount problems and adversity and difficulties in life. And a lot of times people sit around and they just throw in the towel. And they go like, well, woe is me. You know, like, you know I'm, I'm, I've been victimized by this illness and there's not much I can do. Well, that's not true. Um, same thing with stress. I've been victimized by stress and there's very little I can do. That's not true either. Um, but but that's the mindset that people have today that life is just stressful. You can't avoid it. You can't live stress free. That's a pipe dream. That's fools. It's a fool's errand. Forget it. You know, just manage as best you can, and, you know, do some relaxation here and some breathing here. And, all that, and that's the best you can hope for. Well, that's that's all fake news. You know, I like to say fake news didn't start when Trump got in office. It was here. It's been here for a long time about a lot of things.
0: Yeah, no, no. So I'm about to become, uh, you know, a pre-ordered published author, and then uh, in September going uh, for full release. Tell me about your book, uh, and uh, you know, give give me, give give some folks the highlight reel on 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 your book.
1: Well, I've actually written. I'm authored 21 books on how to eliminate stress without. Managing it. And it's all the same basic system of uh, forget about stress, identify the problem. Okay, here's the problem. Now, what are the causes? Now, when you look at the causes, there's external ones you can see, and the internal ones that you're going to have blind spots about. So, how are you going to figure out what those are? Because those are really important. You got much more control over those internal ones, once you see them, like you demonstrated, you could take control over some of these things. Um, once, you, once you understand what you're going for. Uh, and that's the methodology. And You can apply it to many different kinds of problems. So I've written books about, you know, how to deal with test anxiety, how to deal with panic attacks, how to deal with negative thinking, you know how to forgive when you don't think you can forgive, how to deal with anger and irritability, where I take that same approach and say, okay, problem X has causes, Here are the internal causes of this particular problem. So you can see them now. And here's how you would deal with them now that you know what they are. And then I have a bunch of general books that are more philosophical books about what's the truth about stress. Why are so many people confused about it? Why, how have we been misled, you know, and the things that we've been taught to believe that we're talking about today. And so I've got some general books like that. Um, uh, uh, I have a book called The Ultimate Method for Dealing with Stress which is a short um, book on Amazon that, that people can buy if they want to. Uh, but it, it gives a good overview of my philosophy and it gives a good introduction to an alternative way of thinking about stress and dealing with it that isn't stress management and actually makes stress management um, look to be the kind of ineffective strategy that it actually is. Because again, if, if you have a choice between Dealing with the problem's causes rather than just dealing with its symptoms. Most people would say, I'd rather deal with the causes. <laughs> nice, nice. It's just that we've been trained to believe you can't get at the causes of, of stress. You know, we all there, it's all the external stuff that's around that you can't change, you know, but that's only half the story. Yeah, that stuff is there. Yeah, COVID happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the, the internet happened. Uh, social media happened. Uh, distractions are more common today than ever before. Yeah, that's all true. But do we have to be impacted negatively by that stuff? Well, all depends on how you understand the the problem you're facing and how well you creatively cope with it.
0: Absolutely. And so you 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 more than answer my question. So a, a simple search on Amazon brings you up, and you have lots of resources out there to help uh, the, the yeah. viewers out there to. To, to really start, and um, you also uh, you te- you teach classes, or how do, uh, how does someone uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, well, first
1: to get in touch with me, you can just go to my website uh, doc, docorman.com, d-o-c-o-r-m-a-n.com, and there's a there, you, there's a report there. It's a short three page thing called uh, the High Cost of Zero, and it's, it's about stress. It's not about zero, um, and you can download that, read it in a couple minutes. But that'll get you on my email list. So I send emails out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday where I take a topic each week and I break it into three pieces. And, and I talk about it in three parts. So I talk about it, part one, part two, part three, um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've been doing that for like 12 years now. Um, so that's, they can get on that list. And then um, the, the book that I mentioned, it's the, the short book uh, on Amazon that you can go buy, you know, we can give to your audience for free if you want to. Um, I, can give you the, I can give you a link for that and you can let them get that, download that for free. And it's called The Ultimate Method for Dealing with Stress, which is what I basically described to you, you know, the focus on the problem. Sounds like a
0: great starter resource. Um, yes, so, wow, yes. It's a, quick, it's a quick
1: read. It's a short, short book, a quick read. And it's fun. Um, a lot of people had good, uh, good comments about it. I,
0: I, I think that's a, a wonderful offer. And, uh, yes, we'll, we'll spread the word on uh, – uh, we'll share on social media. We'll share on this podcast. We'll, we'll make sure that the link is, uh, is, is covered there for that, that free offering. So um, give me some final thoughts. So uh I well, get- it's
1: fine. you you mentioned the you mentioned the health issue. I mean health one set of problems that we use this term stress to refer to is things related to health. So yes. when you get sick or you're afraid of being getting sick or a family member gets sick or a pet gets sick and you know anything like that it can be stressful in the sense of a problem and a worry and, and, and a source of a lot of anxiety and stuff. So You know, as a physician, um, I practiced for 23 years, and every day I saw streams of people come through my office. And you get to see them over time, and you get to see the what stress does to people over time. Because a lot of people will will confide in their doctor, and they'll tell you about the stress they're having. You know, as as a doctor, you're sitting there and you listen to it, but you hear, oh, I can't do much about it. I was not trained to do anything about that, but you listen, you're sympathetic. They'll they'll pour out, they'll tell you what's going on in their lives, you know? And and you see what's happening to their health over time. And most people don't get that perspective, you know? When, When most people go into their office every day, they don't see the damage that stress does little by little every day accumulate over a person's lifetime to when they finally end up with a stroke or a heart attack or something else, some you know, autoimmune disease or some other bad illness where stress probably played a role to some degree in affecting the health of their body and their, their immune system and all that other kind of stuff. So we get, we get that very unique perspective that, that unless you're a doctor and unless you're seeing people over time and watching them change and watching what happens to them, you don't really appreciate how dangerous stress is. You know, we tend to live in denial. You know, you feel stressed a little bit each day and it's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just stress. Well, little by little, it's doing stuff to you. And I really, you know, it's a shame that people don't wake up early enough uh, in that process to say, I got to really do something about my stress. When they get the heart attack or the stroke, they go, oh, my God, I wish I had done something about it. Now I really will. But sometimes that's too late. and, And so, I just think it's a shame that we're not preparing people better. We're not; they're not as more people like me out there telling, spreading the word about what's true and not true about stress. Uh, this should be in this should be in high school education. You shouldn't be allowed to graduate college without learning these truths about stress. Professional schools. I didn't learn any of this stuff in medical school. You know, uh, they just sent me out to take care of stressed human beings <laughs> and said, "Well, you figured out." <laughs> So I did. <laughs> well,
0: first of all, this is really important because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I talk about leading a, a resilient life and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, mm-hmm. leading a life with some kindness and positivity. I, I always say I like to hang out on positive street without putting blinders on what's happening in the real world. We all have to deal with that. And I think you're going to help quite a bit of um, my audience and my listeners because um, we need you right now, Dr. Mort, we need you more than ever. And I am grateful that uh, you've been able to come on the show today and we're going to spread the word far and wide and uh, the ultimate method for dealing with stress, which is actually not stress, it's problems and separating those problems. I heard the message and we're thrilled you are here and um, enjoy Washington state. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk very soon, but I just, again, want to thank you for being on the show and um, you're shining brightly today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Howard.
0: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.